1: Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Who Pets Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at WhoPetsPod.com. Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glass. come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop culture cosmos, inside sports fantasy football, game source, the great folks at lakerholics.com. Be part of the conversation today. And there's always a great conversation on the Lakers to be had at lakerholics.com. Plus, read the great articles there at lakerholics.com. Our good friend Joe Soro, AKA Ox 1947, go ahead and catch him today at lakersball.com. Please go ahead and check out what he's doing today. He's been on vacation, so. I keep forgetting what his handle is. So please go ahead and check them out today at Lakersball.com. Plus, also as well, the great folks at the Hoopheads Podcast Network. And if you can support all of that as we guide ourselves through the playoffs, and I know there's a lot going on with concerns the playoffs, it is sincerely appreciated. But we wanted to have a special episode today in regards to some of the things that you, the viewers, you, the listeners, you, the readers, are saying out there in regards to how you would fix the Lakers. So we thought we'd just set uh, aside some, so just a few minutes to talk to you about all the good things that are going on in the world of the Lakers and your thoughts on what they can do to fix the team this summer and going forward. And here today to talk about that, we'll go ahead and share our commentary and our critiques per se. Is a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out his latest articles today at Lakerholics.com. It is Laker Tom. And Laker Tom is someone who has fielded many a conversation on your Twitter at Laker Tom and fielded many a conversation at Lakerholics.com. You get a lot of feedback over the course of a year on exactly what these people want done with the Los Angeles Lakers.
0: Well, you know, it. It covers the whole gamut and range of all of the various possible options. There are fervent fans, as we found out, uh, who want Russell Westbrook to stay. <laughs> you know, they think Russ got a bad deal and he should get a chance. Then there's the ones who think that, you know, like Bill, uh, Bill Orr, that the Lakers should be, which they are, uh, pushing the whole idea that Russ may not be leaving just in order to raise his market value to make it more tradable. Um, so it's, you know, it, it, what we're, what we're seeing now is a positioning and PR schemes from everybody, from the agents to the teams, to the players, you know, releasing information, trying to position themselves as best they can as we head into the off season. Um, and as far as the, the range of ideas that, uh, that the fans, the audience, our audience itself, as well as, uh, people on Lakerholics.com and the people who listen to the Lakers fast break podcasts uh, who are on Lakers ball. Um, they just run the whole range of everything that you can possibly have from trading. I mean, I have heard proposals to trade LeBron and AD all the way down to keeping Russ and, and the entire team and coming back and proving that it was just injuries.
1: Well, let me ask you this before we get into our, our customers, our consumers, our listeners, our followers, Anybody out there who interacts directly with us here on the show or at Lakerholics.com, I want to hear the thing, maybe it's on, been on your Twitter, most likely been on your Twitter, maybe Lakerholics.com, the craziest thing that you've seen that has you shaking your head. that You read it over the past few months in regards to changes being made that just said, "Wow, I don't know if this guy or gal is smoking, but I don't want any part of it
0: the one that really perplexes me beyond anything and and i posted this on twitter this afternoon are the rumors that the lakers are waiting for doc rivers now what i posted on twitter actually was i would really like to know which lakers executive is waiting for doc rivers i mean how could anybody how could anybody justify that as a move that they would hold up everything happening with the organization so it could be just a harmless rumor cuz you know how easy it is to create rumors on the internet or you know maybe you know maybe it's Phil Jackson who's got genie's ear and you know is pumping this stuff in there so you just don't know but that's i, I think the craziest thing in the world would be and and mark stein seems to be pushing this idea that the lakers are still hoping that that the 76ers are going to Fire him with $24 million left on his contract.
1: <laughs> that's a big if. And that's yeah, also, yeah, that, to gamble on that. I mean, if your team, you're firing, you're hoping he'll latch on somewhere else real quickly. That's a big gamble. I don't well, think that- Of course, that you could lose, lose, you. lose
0: Darvin Ham to Charlotte, for example, Yeah, very easily. I mean, think about the thinking behind this. This is what always is really perplexing and drives all of us crazy, yeah. which is that, well, you know, they're, they're probably not going to fire Doc. I mean, it's going to cost them $24 million to fire him. So yeah. this is probably remote odds, you know, maybe 5% that he that he might get fired. Well, let's hold off on Darvin Ham just for that 5%, man. You know, let's let's we can always find a coach, you know. Coaches don't matter. This is a uh, league of superstars.
1: I, I know and and what we saw in re- recently in the past couple of weeks with Tim Donnelly, who was the head of Denver was allowed to just go hop, skip, and a jump over to Minnesota because they didn't want to offer him the same kind of deal. It was an extended deal worth tens of millions of dollars plus a stake in ownership, which which Denver didn't want to give up seemingly. I think that was probably the the line that, that was drawn in the sand. So you lose another good executive if you're in Denver. I think that... If that was the case, and I would have known that, I would have said, hey, let's go ahead and start getting, you know, offering some of those to, you know, some of these young, uh, younger GMs or presidents out there that could be maybe a lot better for the team. But I don't know. Like I said, well, right the, now- problem,
0: the problem with that, Gerald, is what family owns this, com- what family owns this team?
1: Oh, that's true. That's
0: a good The point. bus when- family. Yeah. Um, how many buses work for the Lakers? one two three yeah always what are their jobs assistant general manager and head of scouting um and from everything we hear both of them pretty competent and able to do a good job they they appear to be much more serious than brother jim as far as you know wanting to carve a spot in in the business um but you gotta feel that that's I mean, aside from it not being the, we all know that's not the Lakers style. They cast a broad web, web and pull in the most professional people. They're, they're used to using their own personal network, Genie's network. And if Genie's network, you know, is is not going to reach out to those candidates that, that you and I would like to see in there. Um, that doesn't mean we can't be successful because we have won championships with this family ownership. And it just means, At least to me, it means that we leave some championships on the table because we just didn't run ourselves as professionally as we could.
1: So, you're thinking as I do that this team over the course of the past couple decades might have left maybe one or more championships, one, two, or three, maybe. Yeah. I don't think every year you could say that, but obviously that, that there like you said, there's probably a chance that they could have left right. one, two, or three chances or a cumulative
0: chance just by the bad decisions that they made, you know. You can stunt a whole period of years that yeah, where you could have developed and so forth. I mean, there's just so many there's so many outcomes that could have happened and so forth that you just have to figure that not running the team professionally. And the mistakes that we have made probably would have been great, would have been less had we had really more professional and careful people running the team. Um, but, you know, we haven't done bad. 17 championships, man. That's so, true. And yep. and we still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Um, well, again, they're part of the equation here, whether you want to keep Yeah, but 19 months or... ago, they won a world championship.
1: 19 months ago. I know that, but at this point, things are a little bit different now, and some people are seeing things a little bit different. You know how it is when the team does not have the same kind of success, you look for changes everywhere, and that's something that has been on the mind. We've seen the comments out there. We've seen suggestions, and I've even said it myself that I'm not 100% convinced that at this point in stage in their careers that you can get the same kind of commitment from each and the health from each that you got in 2020. I'm not sure of that. But, again, well, that's – I mean, I, at the track record recently – I'd say the odds year, aren't
0: as good as they were in 2020. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm a saying. Four and a they, half,
1: after a four-and-a-half-month hiatus. Yeah. Oh, And then the, the issues, again, regards their long-term health. How are they going to be able to go through a season? There's there's just questions about. The talent is still there. Well, we can do things. You know, that's the whole point, though, that we can.
0: we can change a coach to somebody who – is going to let's say run a more egalitarian offense where you're not always putting the pressure on your two superstars to score instead you're counting on ball movement and player movement and constant you know constant sharing of the ball to create open opportunities for everybody and you can still isolate and post up your stars when you need to or take advantage of bad matchups when they have it but Pitching the ball off to the side to AD or LeBron and having the other four guys stand around, that's not good basketball.
1: No, and, and nor and am I saying it. Secondly,
0: we can get a lot bigger so that there's a lot less wear and tear that LeBron and AD have to do carrying the team. Uh-huh. They're shorter than the average player at their positions of small forward and power forward. I mean, if they play center and power forward, they are smaller than the average center. AD yep. is small for center. LeBron is small for a power forward. But if you put us you put somebody like Miles Turner or Isaac Harrison, uh Hartenstein in there at center at 7-1, all of a sudden you are two inches taller at every one of those three front court positions and you're much stronger. You can beat up on people rather than getting beat up. All this year, what happened with LeBron and AD was we'd had no size and they basically got beat up because they weren't big enough. Um, And that ended up in injuries.
1: Well, the durability is a thing. And I'm going to say right now that if somebody out there is still suggesting that LeBron and AD, LeBron or AD, LeBron and or AD should be traded. I'm not thinking that's out of the realm of possibility. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that's crazy. I'm not saying that's nuts because the fact is it is something now with, again, their ages, their durability, the statistics have to bear out. That it's something at least you need to think about. At least you need to think about it. I'm not saying you're gonna to have to act on it. I'm just saying it's something that at least as an organization, you need to think about. And the fans out there that are suggesting it more and more and more each day, they're not crazy for doing so. No, you could actually,
0: I mean, if you I've watched the various trade proposals that the media has put out there for LeBron James and for Anthony Davis. Um and there were a couple of, there were two or three scenarios they put out there where I basically said, "Boy, I'd like that trade." Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I mean, you were you talking about trading the Warriors for, for uh, uh, the,
1: uh, a flurry Poole, of their young players, yeah.
0: Clay Thompson and and uh, and uh, the other the other young wise
1: lineup. man Moody, White, yeah, Kuminga. exactly. I mean,
0: you and plus two or three draft picks, you double that up with with AD and and you completely rebuild, but. The problem is, is that that's that's like opening a door and going into a dimension next door because it's not going to happen in this particular universe because the Lakers don't treat superstars that way, and Genie's not going to treat LeBron that way, and LeBron's not going to treat the Lakers that way. So that's something that would only happen if if everything really totally fell apart, and and I don't see that happening. You know, I don't see that happening. There's too much at stake. And it's too out of character for LeBron and the Lakers to separate at this point in time. Until and unless his son emerges into the NBA at some point in time and he wants to do a reunion tour with Bronny, he's going to retire a Laker. This is Raphael from
1: NBADraftJunkies.com and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I don't feel like that people have done that as much, especially with this international release. You can get it out there right now. I know you can get it out there, but it, it feels like this time last year, people have just been like, oh, you here can get you go. the Here's cell phone version you know? that was taped somewhere where it's like, you know, shell shaky has some dude or some family that's walking right in front of you as they're finding their seat with the popcorn already in hand. You oh, know? come on. That, you, really? yeah, that version is already available. Yeah, but I mean, like, with a mono sound. There you go. Oh god. Yeah, that's that's the worst part. You only get sound on the left you ear, not the right ear. <laughs> Something like that. You can find that version already if you really want to. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Like you said, whoever Bronny goes to, if Bronny is good enough at this at that point in time to go ahead and well, be drafted because that's you draft still, him
0: anyway, even if it
1: wasn't good enough. Well, then he won't a be LeBron, on all you have to do is draft his kid in the second round. Uh, that's the, still the thing again, if his kid will be able to be playing, you know, if he's going to be at a level for the NBA is still up in question. He still needs to go ahead and prove in There's several nothing areas. Nothing in both. the world matches playing with your son. I know this as far as I have a child. I have two children as well, and three children as well. And you know, I'm just saying right now, it's just something people have to think about as far as it's concerned. When because the Brawny is not a slam dunk NBA prospect. It's not there yet, but we'll wait and see. But once again, it's Laker Tom. He is with LakerHolics.com. Please be part of the conversation today at LakerHolics.com. It's the Lakers fast break. Once again, it's Gerald Glass. We're coming right back at you here and now. I wanted to go ahead and present to Laker Tom some of the things that's been suggested on both the Lakers fast break and also swap Lakerholics.com. Laker Tom, I'll start with Bubba, who is a good part of the Lakerholics.com community. He is in agreement with you on Isaiah Hartenstein. He says he's one heck of a young center that he would go for. He feels that that guy keeps impressing him the more he watches him play. But are the Clippers going to let us have him? And your reference to JaVale's role is exactly what I envision and makes a ton of sense. And what you've said previously is that he could serve that JaVale McGee role, which they you know, which was once a very vaunted position on the Lakers team. So your thoughts on Isaiah Hartenstein, you've been a very, very glowing champion for him coming onto the team. I think that still your your price tag for him. It may have to go that high. I'm not exactly thrilled it would go that high, but it may have to go to, go that high simply because of the fact that if there's a bidding war for him, that it will probably have to go that high. But are the Clippers going to let us have a player like Isaiah Hartenstein?
0: Well, the reason Isaiah Hartenstein is such a good fit um, is several things. One, he's young. Mm-hmm. Um He's an extremely energetic player. He's averaging – he only plays 18 point, 18.9 minutes a game, I think, and he's averaging a block a game – a block and maybe six-tenths of a steal per game, um, which are on level with, uh, with three stocks in a game. Um, so he's very aggressive uh, defensively. He's big, 7-1, 250. Um, he's got some hops, and he's got some meanness in him. Um, and in many ways, a lot of people in the Clippers organization were saying that he's, he's actually probably a better prospect for them than, than Zubak. The problem is that they did the Suns who drafted him did not guarantee his third option as, uh, on his rookie contract. And as a result, it's kind of like the Malik Monk thing. The Clippers have no rights to him. So all all I can do is pay him 120% of what they paid
1: him last year. Well, let me ask you this, though. I'll I'll Mm -hmm. see things on the other side. Yes, he has played very well for the Clippers, but he's also bounced around a bit. He's already been on Houston. He's already been on the Clippers. He's already been on the Nuggets. And he's not been able to stick with it. And And the Cavs. So you have someone here. uh, I know people were romanticizing about Wendon Gabriel suddenly finding a niche for himself. Right, but this is a guy who did it for the
0: whole year. Who did yeah. it for the whole year on a well, that's winning what I want team? On a so- winning team, and he did it for the Cavs for the year before and bet on himself. Um, this is just one of those unique opportunities. You see, none of the things that the Lakers are trying to do, they they have four pathways to getting players this summer. Hmm. Four pathways: they can trade Westbrook, they can trade Taylor, Horton Tucker. That's a second pathway. The MLE, if they hard cap themselves as the third pathway, they'll get $10.4 And the fourth pathway is the BAE if they hard cap themselves. They can get five or six good players out of those. Okay. Hartenstein is a free agent. So we could – there's two routes then. You do a sign and trade with the Clippers, or you sign him with your MLE. Yeah. He's probably going to get – the $6.4 million mini MLE that taxpaying teams have that don't hard cap themselves. We can go up to 10.4 million. So we just keep going up and get him because he's the one sure thing that we can land. And he may not even start because we may, we may start AD. Maybe we'll go out and give our two draft picks to get Jeremy Grant and we'll start him along with AD and... Would
1: that bother and you, though, if you're paying upwards of yeah, after a bidding war of close to $10 million, maybe $10 million for a player who might not even start for the Lakers? We've already been through that once before. Well, but I think the
0: logic... Who knows what the Lakers are going to do, but I love, the, you know, in retrospect, looking at, at the way that LeBron and AD have got injured, I'm one of the fans for getting bigger by bringing in a real center who can handle all that wear and tear and reducing the workload... And the physicality for both LeBron and AD, and by running, by having a coach who runs an egalitarian offensive system. So we aren't always posting these guys up. Um, they're older. We just have to balance, and we have to play differently. You know, we need more. We just need more ball and player movement, and and more involvement by everybody. I think that a lot of the a lot of the, if you watch the playoffs. What I see happening almost every time that a team starts to stall and goes through a scoring drought and where they, they lose control of the game. It's because they stop playing basketball the way it's supposed to be played. They start firing threes early in the clock. They, they don't keep passing the ball around. They don't attack the basket in order to collapse the defense and create openings for the spot up shooters. Instead, they just start, Playing one-on-one basketball, start playing iso ball, um, and that's the recipe for the big reason why we see these crazy swings in the scores of these games. You know, I mean, the, every one of these series is like nothing but slugfests. You know, yeah, the team head by twenty, then the other team's up by thirty, then this team's back up by twenty-five, then the other team's up by forty, um, and it's it, it's. Part of it is the inconsistency because we have a lot of injured stars, so there's a lot of lineups that are haven't really played a whole lot together. So you get you get players that just you know don't have the chemistry that they normally have, um, and and we've had crazy results. I don't know. It's the third season that's been affected by COVID, but I never expected this as the Suns to collapse the way that they collapsed. I mean mm-hmm. that was just incredible. Um, and just even watching the, watching the Warriors tonight, you know, it's just like, man, it's, it's crazy. This might have been, this year here, might have been the Lakers' best chance in this decade to win a championship. Then we blew it.
1: Well, because it's did. not
0: going to get easier next year, and it's going to get harder progressively every year for the rest of this decade.
1: Not when you have a team that only won thirty-three games. Exactly. But need I digress from there? But another person who has actually shared thoughts is someone you're very familiar with at LakerHolics.com, and that's Michael H. Michael H. He says, "Okay, Tom, here's my <laughs> favorite THT trade because we recently talked about oh, yeah. THG. This is a good one. This is a good yes. one actually. THT. We talked about his trade value, what it truly is, on a previous episode. His <laughs> good thoughts round are... of
0: article. Good round of articles saying that it's it's higher
1: than people thought. You know, this. So yes. The Lakers have been putting in their work with the media. Absolutely. So, yes, with all that aside and all that grease aside and and all the other GMs in the NBA rolling their eyes as they did so, the Lakers send THT, none and hopefully only a second-round pick, whichever they can actually find still that they have left, to the Raptors for OG Ananobi. Good luck on that one, first off, Mike. Just want to let you know that OG Ananobi, uh, he's probably going to be – gone for something a lot larger than if he is traded at all because he's i still think he's still a, should be a valuable piece in toronto that's my yeah, opinion not, michael
0: mentioned he might be gone for for uh miles turner for example
1: yeah i mean something a little bit again for something very a lot a lot higher on the food chain than that but that's just my opinion because i really think he's a good player he's only 24 and at 6 7 with a 7 2 wingspan he is long like most of the raptors wings he's a classic 3 and d with the Thirty-seven percent three-point shooting percentage, which is great. Again, I i really like OG Ananobi. An- I really think mm-hmm. he's a quality player. To get a quality player like that on a team that is winning, they're a playoff team already. You'll have to give him the first-round pick. Yeah, you'll—you'll you'll have to give him the first but round. Pick but that's the key. Uh,
0: there's um. there's a set of rules that the Lakers have basically put together and I call them the Westbrook rules. Okay. And these are the rules that the Lakers want to follow in any rest, any transaction involving Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Number one, they don't want to give up a draft pick That's to cool. move him. You know, number two, if they can't move him, they're not going to wave and stretch him. Number three, they're not going to trade him for John wall. Okay. And then I'll add a fourth one I think that is going to be part of the strategy. When they trade Westbrook, they don't really want to take back more salary. They want to take back less salary so they can get under the hard cap. Okay. And then last and fifth in that list of things that are the Westbrook rules is the only time you give up a pick is if you expand those Westbrook trades to then include THT and a pick and you get back Something that you really want badly, for example, instead of Gordon and Ubre, you get back Gordon and Washington, or Gordon and Rozier, um, or instead of just getting uh, Buddy Heald and and Malcolm Baldwin or Malcolm Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon, you you also get you also include the pick and and you get Miles Turner, um, and you throw in Tht. So it that's those are the rules that I think as I'm reading everything that's happening with Lakers, and again, even if these rules are correct for what the Lakers are thinking right now, they're all el- eligible to be changed at the point of, a, point of making a decision, depending, on, you know, if they have two or three options, no problem. If they only got one option for Westbrook, it may not fit these rules, you know, but I, I think they'll have enough options. I think they're, the problem is, is there's a competition for expiring contracts, too because it's not easy. There aren't, it's hard to, there aren't any other, there's John Wall's $47 million expiring contract and Russell Westbrook's $40 million expiring contract, 47, 47 million. Uh, You've got, you got some others. Like, I think I I can't remember what Gordon's is like 30 something. Um, So he's got a bad contract. That's in the thirties. You got a few of these contracts out there, you know, but, There aren't many. There are more people who have bad contracts that they want to dump that are 20, 25, 15, you know, that have more
1: years on it. That
0: have more years than these than these contracts that expire. Mm -hmm. And so there there will be there will be people that the Lakers are going to be able to get good deals for. They just need to follow the Westbrook rules so they don't get taken because anytime they give up that pick, they got to get good players back. You're looking at your starters. They need three starters to go with LeBron and AD.
1: I just don't think they will have as many options this summer. Again, I think it opens up the longer well, you hold on to Even if they you – know,
0: why don't we go over these odds that you were talking about for the uh, Westbrook Okay, well, I, I recently really
1: – okay, the comments that were made in Lakerholics.com recently between you, <laughs> Jamie Sweet, and also as well uh, going on to the – YouTube channel for us, the Lakers Fast Break. What was recently made, and I also want to give a big shout out to Terrence Moore, who actually, you know, helped facilitate this answer of mine. I said right now it's fifty-five percent that he stays to the trade deadline, thirty percent that he gets traded this summer because the deals are not going to be as enticing in the summer as it would be as it gets closer to the trade deadline. he stays on the books until next summer when the $47 million comes completely off the books Right,
0: that we use him to clear space for ourselves. Yes.
1: And 5% chance he gets a five-year extension just to (laughs) piss everyone off on the show. But I will say again, in all seriousness that it's something that people have to understand the, the the things that we've been talking about over the past few weeks, when it comes to Russell Westbrook this summer, if you're trading him for someone this summer, you are not going to get the pick of the litter. You're going to get someone who has problems of some kind, whether it's a contract, whether it's injury, whether it's something Mm -hmm. like that, you're not going to get the perfect player or players back in return that you might get the longer that you keep them to, let's say, a trade deadline. So I'm just telling you realistically, if you're going to trade them in the summer, you're going to trade them, but you're not going to get as much in demand Mm -hmm. back as you are the the longer. So so let's hear those odds again. I said, again, 55% says he stays to the trade deadline. 30% says he gets traded during the summer. Okay. 10% he stays throughout the entire season. And he just okay, we'll make that
0: 15% party. so we can get rid of the yes. 5%. Yes, we're in the five-year extension. Okay. 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 I would – I would uh, see, I feel completely different about this. Um, I know you do. And I think and – he, and here's how I attribute half of it, too. It is really hard for half of the media out there many of whom are aggregators and don't really even understand the sport that they're covering to conceive of why anybody would trade for Russell Westbrook the player but the issue is, is these trades are financial trades they're there's for no other reason than financial trades and and people keep ignoring that simple fact that there's a competition to get those expiring contracts so I can clean up my mess
1: uh, I, that's exactly what team i'm saying the across the street cleans up their mess but that's exactly why I'm saying that he would last or be more attractive if he were to stay to the trade yeah, deadline.
0: Johan Buha did a great article in The uh, Athletic this morning. Um, and, man, I would recommend anybody who follows the Lakers, to he is the best reporter covering the Lakers' beat. Um, uh, and a dollar a month for The Athletic is a, an incredible bargain. But, anyway, he, he basically came up with an article today that said the worst thing the Lakers could do. Would be not would be to keep Russell Westbrook. They're I didn't not say waited. it was the best or worst thing. Yeah, no, I'm no, just saying
1: I, Realistically, I don't even
0: think that they're going to keep him under any circumstances. Now, I could, and I also think that that. See, I feel number one that he's Westbrook's Westbrook's value is a contract now. That's a forty-seven million dollar contract. You could save fifty to one hundred million dollars, two or three teams, by just trading for him, and they don't even have to play him; just buy him out and they make buy them out and you make a half you you make 50 60 100 million dollars people are going to do that secondly we have a lot more we have four paths to getting we we can we can add 15 million dollars in free agents if we hard cap ourselves and we're going to get people back for Russ. we're going to get people back for tht we may keep none because nobody may may want him just because he hasn't been out there here. But we have we have means to getting our problem is we have two superstars and then the rest of the roster as minimum salary players other than Westbrook. Or guys that don't play like none or guys that are disappointments like THT that just don't fit the whole roster. We can get five or six guys that make between five and twenty million dollars. That's what we can get from the MLE, the BAE, Westbrook, and THT and two draft picks, which are basically probably used to make THT and, and Westbrook deals sweeter so that we can get better players than we'd normally get. So I'm optimistic and I'd say, I would say the odds are 80% that we're going to make a trade this summer. I'd say that the odds are 20%. He lasts until the trade deadline. Uh, I think the odds are zero that we, we go all the way through the end of the year. Because he'll be so valuable at the trade deadline for somebody.
1: Well, yeah. I I agree with you, but again, everybody right now during the summer thinks their team is great. It's when right. reality sets in during the season that people start looking. Well, at we don't that even contract. have a
0: team to think about it being. Well, great. I'm just
1: telling you, come <laughs> September at training camp, how many t- how many teams at that training camp wow. uh, yeah think that oh my arches great? If you're
0: if you're a lake, if it's one thing, if you're two lake, if we're a bunch of Lakers fans talking about this kind of stuff, and if, or if you're a bunch of Kings fans, man, come yeah. on, wake up.
1: Well, I'm sorry. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you what reality sets in, and you're not going to. If Ron Palenka, if all he gets to call on the phone this summer is junk right. being sent back to him or being offered to him, he's going to hold on to Russell Westbrook until those deals become sweeter and sweeter and sweeter towards the trade deadline.
0: Even if he did hold on to Russell Westbrook, I'll, I'll add the the I'll add a sixth Westbrook rule. He never plays purple. Where never wears purple and gold again. Not even, even coming off the, the bench. Power, even if he keep him to the trade deadline. He don't go to the bench. He's not in he's not even in the practices. He's okay. Starved.
1: All right. Fair enough indeed. But I wanted to go ahead and finish off Michael's comments. Michael's last comment that I wanted to go ahead and touch on. The only trade he could see that may not require a first round pick would be Hayward and Plumley for Russ, which would not excite me in the least. But it's something at least maybe you could say as far as having two bodies out there instead of one for us, which I guess would be an advancement. But Yeah, it's just something that he's he's popped up again as something with Charlotte being a continual trade partner. Let's say you got that offer. Mm -hmm. It's not the
0: worst offer in the world
1: because
0: because you don't give up a pick. Yeah. So that would mean that you could then take that deal. Let's say you took that deal and you got Gordon. So all of a sudden you've got a starting small forward. Mm -hmm. You keep his minutes down so he doesn't get hurt, hopefully, and you just cross your fingers. But That gives you two draft picks. That gives you two draft picks to use elsewhere. Yep. So maybe right. the draft picks can be used to get to get in and heal Maybe the draft picks can. Maybe we give two draft picks to the Pistons.
1: They want two draft picks for Jeremy Grant. We get Jeremy Grant up. And you throw THT in the mix and all that. Or you so throw maybe...
0: THT in the mix and you add Rozier into the deal.
1: Or you know, I mean,
0: there's a million variations of it. So I think that, and also too, all of these rules are really just positioning. You're just positioning yourself. You want a, You want one of our picks, okay? There is a way of getting one of our picks, but you got to give us something. You're not going to give. We're not going to take the basic deal and give you the pick. We're going to start off by saying no picks. Then we're going to offer a second round pick. You know, hey. and and we're going to tell you that that every time that Charlotte calls, we're going to tell them we're on the phone with the Pacers, and vice versa. Um, you know, and the Knicks will be coming around. There'll be other teams coming around. And the time here's the reason why I feel eighty percent in the summer. The summer is when teams want to make major changes, usually changes that involve getting rid of a bunch of players and bringing in new players. Because you don't want to do it mid season, because it's also a lot harder to do it mid season. And so, you when you make big changes and you want to do those, you want to do those off season, so that you got a training camp with the new players and so forth. You don't want to have all of this change happening mid season. Um, that's why I think it's better to make. Mega type deals like this in the summertime when everybody's off and and you got the draft happening and everybody's making deals. I mean, look at the situation the last two mid, the last the mid season trades were not really great the last two years. They weren't anything like the off season,
1: you know. Some good suggestions there for you. It is Laker time. I like you know I like
0: the Anob trade because that's the kind of player
1: that you want. Oh my gosh, yeah, OG Ananobi would be a great addition to the team. I. I highly like that suggestion that was made. I mean, when you look at the people
0: you're talking about, if you could get Hartenstein, for example,
1: mm-hmm. that
0: would be terrific. Maybe you could get uh, for the B for the BAE. Maybe you could get Gary, uh, uh, the guy Gary from Golden State.
1: Oh, as far as from porters. Gary Payton Gary the second. Oh, Gary Payton the second, Otto the porter. Defensive Jr. players,
0: you know. Yeah. Um, and if you could get if you could get healed in Brogdon, I think that would be great. And if you could get Gordon and one other, say you could get Gordon and, and Obre, for example. Kelly Obre Jr. Uh, you know, you just, you've got, you've got, you got LeBron and AD. And if you get a center, then you need two guards. And I'd like to have two big guards. I don't want any small guards anymore.
1: Well, before we go ahead and head on out, we've got so, a couple more suggestions. Wanted to mention okay. Young MB, who's been a great part of our YouTube contingent that watches us on Lakers Fast Break. Please go ahead and follow us today at YouTube on at Lakers Fast Break, but really appreciate Young MB's constant comments. Truly appreciate him watching us. He says, you can do rest for Wall as long as Wall is healthy. Then he would trade Kendrick Nunn and THT for good second player, maybe like Terrence Ross. He'd sign a mid-level player like Kyle Anderson or Nicholas Batum, Bryn Forbes, or Victor Oladipo, depending how the chips fall, but preferably a larger 3 and D wing. Also sign minimum contracts with players like Svi, oh, the return of Svi Mahalik back to the Lakers, Hassan Whiteside, Austin Rivers, Etuan Moore, DJ Wilson, Tony Snell, and Cody Zeller. So your thoughts on that? That would be a... Nice I, I think all of those names. I that nah, no, listen, that's a good list of
0: names, uh, both from the minimum players and the other players. I, I think what you have to do is you're looking at a, say let's start let's start let's say let's you have a 14 man roster because they're going to leave one roster spot open just in case somebody comes available. Okay. okay, so you got 14 slots. So let's say that we're using a normal rotation, eight nine men and maybe let's say 10. So you really got five starters and five rotation players. And then you got four guys who basically are, in case of emergency, break glass, play this guy.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Okay? We already got those four guys. Austin Reeves, Stanley Johnson, uh, uh, Wenyan Gabriel. Uh, so, th- so we've got those. And let's say somebody else. Maybe we're going to get a, we'll buy a second-round draft pick. So that will be the four guys there. So then, then the question is, other than those guys, we don't want minimum players. We don't want minimum salary players. We got two superstars, so we got eight other players, three starters and five reserves, hopefully one for each position, that you need to get that are players that are not minimum salary players. Now, they'll still, they may be a $10 million player who's only getting five because he's got an injury history. They could be a $15, 20000000 million player who's only getting 10 or 15 because he can't play defense or whatever. They'll all have faults of some sort but nothing like the false and the missed opportunity or the high chance of missing that you're going to get with a minimum salary player. Our problem last year was because of injuries. We ended up playing a lot of guys who were really just minimum salary players who really shouldn't have been in the rotation at all. Mm -hmm. And the result, we saw what the result was. You can't win with those guys, even when you have LeBron and AD.
1: Well, there you go. Also, as well, I wanted to mention that he had also talked about another lineup and another through various trades. And if nothing works out and they trade with Houston and they use one first round pick to get wall, but we should get a rotation player in return along with wall, like David Nwaba or maybe Kenyon Martin jr. No. Then he talks about none and T no, like you, who you want, who
0: you want in that particular case is Christian Wood.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the case. Absolutely. But yeah. you know, a, a younger player thrown in maybe like Kenyon Martin jr. might not be too bad. Ross, I, would done,
0: I would have done the wood. I would have done the wall and wood for, for you know, T H uh, T and 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 Westbrook, for example. But the Lakers don't want Wall. They don't want it. That, that's not acceptable to them.
1: No, that's not, They, like they
0: consider that to be the same as stretching and waving. Yeah,
1: they've they've had a chance every opportunity to go yeah. ahead and get John Wall. And, and
0: that's a standing offer from Houston, you know, and the yeah. Lakers aren't going to take it. That's he part said, of the role. that's part of the that's part of the Westbrook rules. No, John Wall. Said,
1: he said use the mid-level on Hartenstein or Oladipo. I mean, those two are really Oladipo,
0: good. There's several guys out there. There's Oladipo. There's this. Uh,
1: if he can um, stay healthy.
0: Yeah. Well, he looked He looked pretty good. And where I thought he looked really good was defense. Yeah. Uh, he's, his quickness looks pretty good. I mean, he doesn't look like a guy who hasn't played at all in a couple of years.
1: Yeah. He's played well off the bench for he, Miami. He's the
0: kind of guy that, that would be, you know, I just wrote an article that basically – had four, it's a great one to read if you're thinking of who the Lakers can get because it lists my top four picks that they could get in a Westbrook trade. And these are pairs of players. My top four picks that they get, single players that they could get for THT. My top four MLE players that they could get on the MLE and my top four BAA players. So it's it's, it's an interesting list. Look for it at lakerholics.com or or go to Twitter and look for Laker Tom. Um, and then let me know what you think, uh, what players I missed out and, and which ones you think would make sense for the Lakers. But uh, it's a good recipe. It gives you 16 possible players who could be part of the Lakers formula during the summer. Um, all of whom I think are make a lot of sense. Um, the chances that that the Lakers would get that exact thing is probably impossible. But uh, it's, it's an interesting article and I think you would enjoy it. i have given them good detail on why I chose each player. Um, and what the financial situation and benefits were for them. Um, it's sort of my magnus opus on off-season re- roster rebuilding.
1: Well, there you go. And that's at Lakerholics.com. But great conversations, great suggestions by Michael H., by Bubba, by Young MB. If you want to share your thoughts on the moves you'd like to see made, Lakerholics.com or Lakers Fast Break, or even our good friend Ox1947, a.k.a. Joe Soro, at LakersBall.com. But before we head on out, one last suggestion I like to share, and that's from petting my cat on YouTube, one of our great YouTube followers. He watches every video that we do, that we do. And of course, he's always got something snarky to say. The reason
0: my screen just moved was because of my cat.
1: Yes, well, there you go. He he's not petting the, your cat, but behind
0: the screen on every every podcast. Gato. But he
1: is petting my cat. And you know what? I always love a sense of humor. And you know what? He says the transactions that he would make would be. To trade them all, and that's not something out of, of context because you know when you have a 33 win team, you actually have to ask yourself: Can you move forward to a place where you need to go quickly, or is it going to be something that's long term and it's maybe a slow build? So you have to ask yourself: The Lakers are at a precarious point right now. They're only 33 wins for this past season to go ahead and be in the mix in the running in the Western Conference, they have to improve by 20 games, which would be one of the largest gains in NBA history year over year. So your thoughts, I thought it was funny at first, but now I'm thinking to myself, penning my cat, he might not be so off after all. Because again, as an organization, you have to think LeBron and AD aside, you have to look at everything that's on paper in black and white and ask yourself, is this team prepared to go and do make that dramatic upswing with a with a commitment to build upon that quickly, or is it going to be done in a much slower fashion?
0: I don't think that the Lakers do anything but swing for the fences.
1: I know. I know what they and, do.
0: And and frankly, I also would I I would also say that I would prefer Schrodinger's cat to be alive rather than dead. Um and and so I happen to think much more positively about what the Lakers can do. And I, I do think that I do think that there is a possibility that the Lakers could pull off enough to be a contending championship team next year. I suspect they probably will need to have, uh, some moves at the trade deadline in order to really accomplish that. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm real optimistic. I think the Lakers are going to do fine. Um, and it's because the trades that are out there aren't really trades where you're you've got huge judgments that you've got to make about the quality of the players. They're pretty much financial trades where you're trading contracts. You know, you're trading contracts and the players you're hoping the guy will stay healthy. It's basically that kind of trades. And, and uh, that's, we're not talking about superstars where there's going to be 20 different teams looking to get this guy. Um, Everybody knows the problem. Brogdon's got four years in his contract and hasn't even started his new contract. And he can't even stay in the court. Gordon's has got the same problem, you know, um, and you go through the list of the players. And and so you're going to have to take players like that or players that might be over the over the hill. Um, Buddy Hill can't play defense or hasn't been a good defender on the teams that he's played, but he hasn't played on a team that had or ever played good defense. So how do you know? Um, but, you know, one thing for sure, these players that they're going to get are really legitimate rotation NBA players. That's not what we had backing up. You know, after LeBron and AD, they weren't surrounded by true, legitimate NBA rotation players. This year they will be. So uh, they'll make a team.
1: The team has. You know, it still still comes down to
0: LeBron and AD, though. If you're wrong, if you're right that they can't do what they did in 2020, then we won't win again, regardless of what we do this summer.
1: And I'm just, that's all I'm saying. It
0: comes down to them. They have to be able to carry us. If they can't carry us, we. We could finish, we might be in the conference finals,
1: <laughs> or we could be battling, for the number that. Pick. yes, or we could be talking about Victor right. Wembiana uh, as the player that we're going to be able to, but look I tell at you, I, it, with a lottery pick,
0: I'll promise you one thing I, I cannot see us having another year like this year.
1: Uh, again, I think that's if,
0: impossible
1: if it, if it goes bad,
0: and that's uh, why Russell Westbrook will never wear purple and gold again.
1: Okay, fair enough indeed. But if you have comments or questions, please comment below on Facebook, YouTube, at Lakers Fast Break, at LakerTom, or LakerHolics.com. Be part of the conversation today at LakerHolics.com. Big shout out again to our YouTube followers. You've been at us by the hundreds of views all across the chain each and every time out, so we cannot thank you enough. We're totally indebted to you. But LakerTom, it's been a great episode. Your comments have spurred this conversation on but any last thoughts before we head on out?
0: Um, you know, we've got until June, probably June twenty third. So what is this? This is uh, the the twenty fourth. We've As got almost a month. This. We have almost a month more to go, um, and there'll still be lots of rumors during the month. But most of that, I think, is going to be posturing. Um, and frankly, until Russell Westbrook and Kendrick Nunn actually do opt in and take their player options, you know, so that they know they're under contract the Lakers can't really trade them or do anything for them. Um, The one interesting thing that might happen that is the one interesting possibility that is date related for the Lakers would be a trade with the, uh, uh, Ken, with the, with the Oklahoma city thunder, who basically, um, they have extensions that are going to take effect next year, which will raise them up above where they are now, which is like 30 million under the cap. Um, so they could actually do a Westbrook trade for, uh, uh who's their center uh, i can't remember the guy's name um
1: well are you talking about mike muscala
0: no yeah well no muscala who's the, the guy who makes more money than Moscala. Derek favors know. Derek favors yeah favors favors and muscala basically for westbrook and you get a 30 million dollar uh trade exception
1: Oh, okay, um, that's not exactly the most enticing thing in the world because, well,
0: but it's kind of interesting what you could do with that $30 million trade exception. I mean, that's true. There's because, again, teams that want to get rid of salary, this is even better than Westbrook's thing because they can just give you the players and we don't have to give them anything. Yeah. They don't have to take anything in. Yeah. They take a second round draft pick in.
1: But a lot of these teams get these trade exceptions and they don't do well, anything but with think of think of it. Okay,
0: think of the Pacers. The Pacers have got we'd have uh, we, we wouldn't have enough to do both of them, you know. But but basically the Pacers could get rid of those two contracts, which is like 110 million dollars. Three years of Brogdon and two years of um Heald. It's 110 million dollars and they take on 47 million. Well, they could get rid of uh 65 million of of uh progdon's contract by just sending him as part of uh, using the 20 million of the 30 million million dollar exception they wouldn't have to take any money back that's a sweet deal for them see so the trade exception that's one thing that could happen soon if it happened it's probably a signal that the lakers didn't feel that they could get yeah, but you That's probably right have to deal, attach
1: one of those first round picks because you know they only have 17 first round draft picks here for yeah, the rest I of this decade. <laughs> and actually, not even the first actually a lot sooner than that. They have for the next three, four years, they have like 17 first round draft picks. So
0: well, they 20, had so, what it was in the total day. I read a, a tweet it's, that they had,
1: it's it's an obscene number. It does just put it's 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 like it's twenty eight
0: or something like that. Yeah, 28 for the for the rest of this case.
1: decade. You're right, absolutely. It's it's close to 30. Yeah. 31st round, close they to 31st round. They, they have
0: to start being doing something with them, you know? Yeah. And,
1: well, it, I it, mean, I,
0: if you thought the process was convoluted, this process is really convoluted.
1: Well, if the team shows any signs of life or if they really want to do something with it, they're going to go ahead as soon as they get either Jabari Smith or Chet Holmgren, which is believed to be one of the first two right. picks that are going in the NBA draft, maybe even Paulo, Paulo Bencaro. They can go ahead and start playing around and building they number two? Anymore. They are number two. That's correct. Behind Orlando. Who would you take?
0: Who would you take?
1: Well, if I was, I think, well, I think Orlando will do is take Chet Holmgren. What I would actually do, I think that they should take Jabari Smith. But if we were over over
0: Ranchero, even, huh?
1: Well, with, okay, I'm sorry to all apologies for our good friend, Rafael Barlow, who is the engineer of the Paulo Banquero hype train, (laughs) because he's been him as his number one prospect now for months. He would choose him number one, but most are leaning towards Chet Holmgren or Jabari Smith, one or two. They're actually flipping. Some say Chet, some say Jabari, uh, and it looks like Boncaro is going to be the third man out there. So at this point, I think they're good. There's some good talent, but I don't think at this point there's any star mercurial talent in the top five. They need Russell
0: Westbrook. They need Russell Westbrook.
1: They need Russell (laughs) Westbrook. Well, so we'll see. But actually, a
0: tht a tht a tht and none trade, tht and none trade for um, for their center, Mobamba. Mo Mobamba. Well, Mobamba. I think he's a
1: free agent. Mobamba is a free agent. So is he a
0: free agent. I, I believe don't he, think so. I, I think, think he, he has a year is. left, doesn't
1: he? Well, let me let me make sure of that before we end it up because I think Mobamba. I think he's got a year left. Well, if Mo Bamba, it does He's become not a free
0: available. agent. I didn't see him on a free agent center list.
1: Well, let me see. Let me just say if he is, he does get, uh, become out there available because I know that if, the if they team, take, if
0: they take Chet, he'll be available. Yeah, He'll and be that's available. What everybody figures.
1: You're right. It's they've got a qualifying offer right now. Right. They've got a qualifying offer for $10 million. If they rescind that, he does become a free agent. So, right. uh, if that's right. the case. I have a feeling they will. Uh, allow him no, to become a free agent, which will make it trade. attractive.
0: Sign and trade. phds well, fit in perfect with the rebuilding situation.
1: You could be you could be right on that. And then uh, Laker Tom, you would get the tall center who shoots three-pointers that you've been hoping for.
0: So, well, Hartenstein actually shot 38% on threes. He only shot 1.3 a game, but, yeah. you know. But bomba likes, likes to shoot
1: him. bomba likes to shoot him, and he has 7.10. He has
0: 38% of them, too. So. Yeah.
1: And, and he has a 7.10. Listen, I don't have a problem with...
0: The He's not thing- as athletic
1: though as as Hardenstein.
0: Yeah, no, uh, but you know the the thing about it is that I didn't, I don't. One of the things that I did not appreciate and did not respect enough was how the regular season is different from the playoffs and 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 the Lakers. You know, because I always felt that AD should have been playing center during the regular season, and I've completely swung around 180 degrees now. And I think it makes perfect sense. And a guy like Hartenstein is only playing twenty minutes a game, that's all he'd have to play for the Lakers, because he wouldn't be finishing games. He'd just be, you know, starting games and just being that big body that you've got in there that that makes everything easier for other people. And then you finish with your skilled, you know, small ball on steroids lineup. Um, I think that's the formula for the Lakers. I think that's the way you get through the regular season with A. D and LeBron, both of whom are fragile and injury prone at this point in time in their careers
1: well some great conversation indeed hey we filled up almost a good hour of conversation there truly appreciate everyone watching and listening. good Good questions
0: from the audience
1: absolutely keep them up keep them going and we will go ahead and fill them here maybe you want to devote even another episode later on the summer to going ahead and hearing your suggestions on what the team should do what kind of moves should they make but Again, if you have any questions, LakerHolics.com, LakersBall.com, at LakerTom, at LakersFastBreak, and of course, LakersFastBreak, wherever you get your podcasts or on Facebook and YouTube. But Laker Tom, so great to have you here. Your suggestions out there, you delivered them. We shared our thoughts, and we hope you enjoyed it. Once again, we thank you so much for watching and listening, and we'll see you next time right here at the Lakers FastBreak Podcast.